Hello, this is Brandon speaking, and this is my first podcast, so I thought what I'd like to do for this first podcast is mention throughout the rest of these podcasts on what took place here in my in my hometown of Thousand Oaks, California. I know a lot of people know, especially in America, in the nation, as uh, to what kind of tragedies Thousand Oaks has been going through for the last week. In fact, a couple hours from now will be one week since the shooting of Borderline in Thousand Oaks. And eventually, the following day, the Woolsey fires that started to happen throughout the Ventura and Los Angeles County. So that being said, I just wanted to start off with this first podcast, basically explaining what took place on the night of Borderline, from my perspective. Now, it's not going to be as informative as you think it will be, but I think it has enough information for me to make this podcast and to tell others my story. So, how this all started, it was November 7th, 2018. I, I apologize, it was November 8th of 2018. This was 12.40 in the morning, 12.40 a.m. It all started when I was about to just say goodnight to my roommates like I normally do. And... What I mean by roommates, I am a senior at California Lutheran University, so I forgot to say that in the beginning, so my uh, my bad on that. So I am a Cal Lutheran student, and all I said, uh, what I start off with was saying to my roommate, hey man, have a good night, just like that. I was about to go to bed, I was exhausted, I was about to, uh, just from doing work last week, homework, schoolwork, you name it, just by doing work. And I was just looking forward to just going to bed because I was just so tired. And he says to me, hey, did you uh, hear about the shooting that took place in Thousand Oaks right now in, in Borderline? And then I went, what? He said, yeah, there was a, there's been a shooting at Borderline. So I went, I said, oh, I said, oh, my God. So we go to our TV. My other roommates are there. His girlfriend's there. One of my roommate's girlfriends was there, too. And we just started watching this on the news. And it just really was an eye-opener because not it's not very often you see your hometown be on the news. Usually it's something it's usually something that's good that I see on the news for Thousand Oaks or, or your like a hometown. But for it to be my but for it to say Thousand Oaks border uh, shooting at borderline, that was what made me really nervous. Or, you know, that's what really shocked me. Because I never expected to see the name of my hometown be on national television for something not good. So I was thinking in my head, you know, how terrible this is. First off, I was thinking, well, did everybody make it out? That's my first My first thought was, did, is everyone out? Whoever was there, did they make it out safely? Is everyone out? Like, you know, I'm hoping, I was, I was hoping that there would be no casualties. Because whenever you hear a shooting, usually there's someone who unfortunately passed away or gets hurt. And 
I, they later say it was a college night, meaning that the local colleges in the area, such as Moore Park College, Cal Lutheran, Channel Islands, and and uh, and the Ventura County as well, Ventura Community College. You know, all the local colleges in the area would go there Wednesday night for Borderline. As a little, as a little event, they would always have. I didn't. Uh, I never went to Borderline before, nor did I ever hear about these events. I know I've seen them on social media, but I didn't know it was an actual, an actual event. So I, I hear it say college night, and the and my first instincts was thinking of my sister because she's been there in the past. She likes country music. She likes all the country stuff that there is, and my biggest concern was, was her. So I quickly called her. I know it was twelve forty, twelve fifty in the morning. I understand that. So that didn't work. I called the home phone, which is what I was always told to do. If there ever is an emergency, just you know, you contact the house phone because the house phone goes off throughout the whole house. It's just a constant. It's the phone rings throughout the whole house, so everybody can hear it. So I end up calling. I end up calling my house, which I'm just, which is about. You know, a good 15-minute drive from from my house, or from Calutheran, that is, 15-minute drive. And I get my dad on the phone, or my dad gets on the phone, and, I, and the first thing I ask him is, is, is my sister okay? Is she at the house? And his response right away was, yes, she's in bed sleeping. Pardon me, let out a, a slight sigh of relief, but the other half didn't because the other half of me was thinking, well... There may be still some people I know who may have gone the borderline, so I I want to know if they're okay. And then when I saw on my friend's Snapchat, they were there three hours. It was a snap from three hours ago on their story, and then I started to get a little freaked out because I went, uh oh, like you know they're there. I was thinking, oh my god, they're still there. And later I I eventually found out that uh, I knew four people at borderline at this at this time. But I only knew about two at the time. It was at two. And then and then I see that they're okay. They made it they went to a hospital. They're okay. They escaped through a window at Borderline. They had to go through a window. The one of them had an injury because of the broken glass. Um, but I was just my my main concern was finding was one just to see if they were okay. Just to find out if they were alright. They're fine. And they were. So I was very thankful for that. The third one was a, a friend named, a, a guy I knew on campus. I didn't know him too well, but his name was Justin Meek. And and I had a friend of mine send me on Snapchat. He says, hey, can do, do you know where he is? Like, do you know if he's still there? So I sent him his location because it's a feature on Snapchat. You can zoom out and you can view all your friends, like where they are uh, around the world. So I zoomed in on his location and it said he was at Borderline. So I sent it to my friend saying, he's still here. And he replies back, thanks. Just keep me updated for anything else. And I said, okay, I will. He was still there. And he didn't move. Uh, like, his location didn't move. So part of me was a little worried. Because part of me was thinking, maybe he's hiding. Maybe he, you know, because a lot of people I heard were hiding throughout Borderline. They were just hiding. And they, were, they just wanted, you know, they were just hiding just to stay away from the shooter. But I find out later, 
in the morning. I know I'm going a little bit back. I'm going to go back and forth a little bit, but uh, later that morning, 8, 9 in the morning, I go on Snapchat to see his location, and he is gone. His location is no longer on there. So I had a strong feeling that he did not make it through. And it turns out that he did not make it through. So yeah, that was a very, uh, very sad morning. But going back, I was watching the news for the last two, three hours that, that night. And I was up till almost three in the morning, a little past three in the morning. And I, I just couldn't sleep. I had a really hard time going to bed because of what just happened. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just the shooting. It's, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. A school shooting, or excuse me, not a school shooting. A shooting in general is very depressing. But when you find out it's in your own hometown, where you've been growing up ever since you can remember, it, it really leaves a big impact on you. It really does. I mean, you really, really feel what previous people feel from mass shootings in other parts of the U.S., in Florida, Colorado, etc. I, I mean, I heard about them all the time, but I never go, you know, I know how they feel because I, 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 never, I never said that. I never thought of that because that never happened. But now I have learned a very valuable lesson knowing that this can happen anywhere in the U.S. It can, you could be living in the safest city in the U.S. or the most dangerous city in the U.S. It can still happen anywhere. And... In, in any place it doesn't not necessarily in a school I mean it, it was it was at a it was at a uh, like a country themed nightclub you know just dance club that I mean that's where this took that's where this took place but I I didn't know about the fourth I didn't know about the fourth friend until I think it was a date until the following day on Friday I think it was on Friday yeah, it was on Friday. This was what this was early Thursday morning, so I didn't know till Friday that I knew a fourth friend. Uh, he uh, he has a physical disability. I mean, he only has half a right leg. Uh, he lost his other half leg from a motorcycle accident. But I heard that the only way he survived was by laying on the floor and praying because he couldn't physically run. But the really eye-opening part was you have more than a hundred people. Who are in one spot, in one in one place, and they are trying to get out through whatever back door there is to borderline. I've never, like I said, I've never been to borderline before, and I don't know how many doors they have, how many exit doors they have, especially when the shooter came in the front. So I can't say for sure how many they had, but I'm assuming they had just maybe a couple doors, a couple exit doors. But you can, I mean, I can't picture being in that, being in a group of 100 plus people trying to get out of a room and there's only two, three doors to get out while everyone's panicking and freaking out. You know, no one's calm. When things like this happen in a shooting, nobody remains calm. Everybody literally just screams. They scream, they run, they yell, and they try to get, they try to get out of there as soon as they can. But the other scary part is, is that it wasn't just the doors they were trying to get out of. It was windows. They were breaking windows They had to, because they, they had to get out. But the other scary part is that 
if uh, was that some of the people got trampled because I know for a fact that if you got a hundred people, you know, running for a door and just say that door is not open, they start going through windows and of course they are going through broken glass as well. But the really eye opener is the part that you know people are trying to get out. I'm picturing like Black Friday, uh, where people have actually died on Black Friday by being trampled to death because as soon as the door is open. People just start running. They start running as fast. It's just like Black Friday. You you picture just trying to run into a Walmart or Target as fast as you can just to get whatever item is on sale. You run as fast as you can, but eventually someone's going to trip and fall. And that person who falls in front is suddenly going to cause a massive pile up behind them because people are not going to stop. They're not going to slow down. They're just going to go full force. And they end up, they end up uh, you, know, you know, stamping. And they just, you know stampede people to death by just running over by just you know literally stepping on them you know uh rolling off of them trying to get off of them push push them to the side you know step on their back whatever it may be they just rush they just rush to get whatever they want i know i'm a little off topic but that's just i as a comparison as to how as to how this would uh this would uh, be this how this would be in this instance you just have all these people trying to get out of a building and not everyone's being able to get out through the door in time. So people are going to try to go through a window, but people are also getting caught up by the broken glass. And I also heard there's a little like attic or, you know, like balcony up on the, like a little bit of, uh, above the country club. And people were breaking the windows on the top and they were jumping off the top of the building. And the building's about 10, 12 feet high. So they were jumping, you know, two, uh, you know, like a two story building, just jumping. Sorry, a one-story building because it's it's just it was just a ten twelve foot building. They jumped ten twelve feet onto the ground, and they just ran for it. But of course, there's other people in the news for in the news video clips. They show people going back and saving others. But I can never picture a situation like that where, if this was ever me, uh, having to having to think about that. Uh, you know what do you do like as soon as something like that happens you know what what's your first instincts how you do it and and just how you have to think on your feet you just have to go you just have to think really hard and just and vote and just and just do it and just think i mean i can't imagine how those people just i mean some people were very smart they thought fast and they just did it but i mean i'm sure some people froze they didn't know what to do they just, I mean, I know people hid. People hid too. And, you know, hiding, you know, the, the, there's that rule. Uh, run, hide, or fight. So it goes in order. So if you're, you know, if you're able to run, run. If you can't run, hide. And if hiding doesn't work, just say that the, the shooter finds you if you're hiding. The third option is to fight. You fight for your life. That's what I was told uh, growing up. If that ever happens, run can't run hide and if they find you fight you literally fight for your life and i know people and i know especially justin meek he was he he well not only was he fighting for his life but he risked his life to save others he took bullets for other people when uh because he was the he was a bouncer at the borderline and And he ended, and he ended up to be a real big hero, in the end for his heroic actions. 
But yeah, that's a little bit about the first, I would say the first day. Uh, the original the original time this started was around 11.40 at night. So I didn't hear about this till an hour later. I mean, I almost went to bed and I would, and I honestly, and I am still thankful to my roommate for telling me because I would have felt so, I said, I keep telling him, I say, thank you. I said, I honestly want to thank you for telling me about this because I could never picture me going to bed, you know, so comfortable, you know, like just, just like a regular night, you know, just going to bed, not, you know, just worrying, just thinking about, you know, doing stuff for tomorrow for work, school, etc. And then I wake up to all these messages of people that are, that have passed from a shooting in Thousand Oaks. And being in Thousand Oaks, I would have felt completely terrible. I would feel horrible knowing I just slept through all this. But the, but what I do remember before I went to bed at three in the morning, and I, and by the way, when I was in bed, I was listening to the TV for as much as I can for as much as I can before I just went to bed, before I fell asleep. But I do remember them saying that three, it was, at the time, it was three or four people had passed away. And then the following morning, I see it say 12. And then I said to myself, oh my God. And that was one of the worst feelings to get up. Those were the worst feelings to, to look at my phone in the morning, eight, nine in the morning, and seeing that, oh no, I'm sorry, I apologize. It was not eight nine in the morning. I was up at six forty in the morning because I was going, because uh, that's the time I usually get up for my internship, which is, which starts at eight. But I I was up at six six forty in the morning, six thirty in the morning. I couldn't even go back to sleep, and I just see that message, and it just made my stomach drop, because I just cannot believe it. I really couldn't. Well, anyways, this was my first podcast. This was basically, this This was, I'm, I'm not trying to say the word basically because that's one of those words saying things such as like. So I'm not trying to say those type of words. That being said, this is the conclusion of the first podcast about my experiences or my, yeah, my experience of, of, border, of the borderline shooting that took place in my hometown of Thousand Oaks. Uh, in the future podcast, I'll be still talking about this topic as well as the we'll see fires and so forth my name is brandon thank you for listening and i will tune in to the next podcast just to get more things off my chest so thank you